Canals, Building the Future, Impacting Regional and Global Geography. The impact of canals on geography occurs at many scales, from the alteration of the physical environment along the routes, from aqueducts to the movement of soil and rock, to the construction of locks, to impacts on cultural geography through immigration of canal workers, economic changes in their regions, and indeed globally. The impact also spans temporal scales, from the immediate construction on to the present day. Serious canal building began in the late 1700s, usually sponsored by local merchants, manufacturers, or mine owners needing to ship goods. The first canal promoters were actually the pottery manufacturers of Staffordshire, England. The Duke of Bridgewater's canal, built to ship coal from Worsley to Manchester in central England, cost a great deal, but because it reduced the price of coal in Manchester by 50%, it touched off a canal building frenzy in areas of the world where capital could be raised and where the physical geography allowed canals to be constructed. By 1793, the UK Parliament had authorized 20 canal projects, and the UK became the first country with a nationwide canal network. Perhaps because it was built during the above-described era when many canals were being constructed, the Erie Canal is one of the most famous. Due to its physical geography, namely the Appalachian Mountains, transporting goods from the east coast of the United States to the interior was an immediate challenge beginning in the colonial days. The idea for the Erie Canal first appeared back in 1724, but seemed a daunting task. Even President Thomas Jefferson called it, quote, a little short of madness, end quote, and rejected it. But flour merchant Jesse Hawley was able to interest New York Governor DeWitt Clinton in it in 1807. Much opposition ensued with the project ridiculed as, quote, Clinton's folly and Clinton's ditch, end quote. In 1817, however, Clinton received approval from the legislature for $7 million for construction. Its construction through limestone and mountains challenged the workers, but developed key engineering skills that would aid other projects and other aspects of the Industrial Revolution. The sides of the canal were lined with stone set in clay. The bottom was lined with clay, and the stonework required hundreds of German masons, who later built many of New York City's buildings. Immigration from Scotland and Ireland helped with the labor pool. The canal required the use of the best surveying equipment and the mapping of their time. Aqueducts were also required to divert water. One was 290 meters long that crossed the river. Eight years later, in 1825, the canal was completed with 36 locks and an elevation differential of 172 meters, running 584 kilometers from Albany to Buffalo, New York. It provided a critical link from the Hudson River to Lake Erie, which gave the canal its name, and from there to the other four Great Lakes and the cities and natural resources that could be accessed from those lakes. In the early days of this and other canals, before the mechanization of shipping, canal boats were pulled by horses and mules on the adjacent towpath. Some early spatial thinking was important in the day-to-day -day operation of canals. Who had the right-of-way? The Erie Canal had one towpath, usually on its north side. When canal boats met, the boat with the right-of-way, the one closest to the towpath side of the canal, 
remained there while the other boat steered toward the berm or heel path side of the canal. The driver, or hoggy, pronounced hoagie, hoji perhaps, of the privileged boat kept its towpath team near the edge of the towpath, while the hoji of the other boat moved to the outside of the towpath and stopped his team. This tow line could be and would be unraveled from the horses and let slack. It fell into the water and sunk to the bottom while the boat decelerated. The privileged boat's team would step over the other boat's tow line with their horses, pulling the boat over the sunken tow line without stopping. Once cleared, the other boat's team would continue on its way. The Erie Canal still exists as part of the New York State Canal System, completed in 1918, which modernized the canal within large channels and locks. Most of the Erie Canal's traffic is now oriented toward recreation and tourism, with only 12,182 tons of cargo reported shipped through it in 2004. This is due to changes in global commerce, namely the rise of railroads in the late 1800s, the rise of truck transport in the 1900s, and the rise of ever larger commercial ships which the canal simply could not support. These ships to reach the Great Lakes move through the series of natural channels, larger locks, and canals that make up the St. Lawrence Seaway rather than move through the Erie Canal. And unlike the Erie Canal, which only operates from May through November, the Seaway, completed in 1959, can operate all year long. Canals had great impact on the cities that were adjacent to them regional economy, the national economy of the countries that contain them, but also the global economy. It all had to do with the reduction in, quote, cost distance between regions, a principle of economic geography. For example, the Erie Canal, immediately upon its completion, made New York City the Atlantic seaport for much of the Midwest and the Great Lakes. The cost of shipping decreased and the volume increased. Because of its newfound connections, New York would become known as the Empire State. Buffalo, at the other end of the canal, soon surpassed other competing towns, growing from 200 people in 1820 to 18,000 by 1840. Competition soon ensued, with other cities constructing canals and railroads, such as the Main Line of Public Works project from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, and the Mohawk and Hudson Railroad from Albany to Schenectady, New York. Due to the immigration of workers who built the canal, ethnic communities formed in some towns. The canal bound the United States even closer to Europe and to Canada through increased trade. In some ways, it contributed to the United States Civil War because the Erie Canal helped transform the northern states into an economy and a social system quite different from the southern states. Other canals had an even greater impact on the physical and cultural geography of their regions and of the entire planet, one might argue, but occurred after the Great Canal Building Era of 1790 to 1840. The Panama Canal, completed in 1914, for example, greatly changed the speed and manner in which people and goods could be transported between the Atlantic and Pacific basins, saving 13,000 kilometers and a dangerous voyage through the Strait of Magellan. The same can be said for the Suez Canal, connecting the Indian and Mediterranean basins, saving 9,000 kilometers by avoiding the Cape of Good Hope, completed in 1869. They brought important sources of income for the countries collecting fees from ships passing through, strengthening their economies. Each of them altered the political geography of their regions and of major sea powers in important ways as well, including the case of the Panama Canal, the separation of the country of Panama from Colombia, and in the case of the Suez Canal, cementing the rise of Great Britain as a major sea power. 
More recently, they aided the development of global trade and the interconnected planet related to supply chain management. The rise and fall of canals as a geographic theme reflects changes in economic and cultural geography. Only the largest canals, and ones that continue to be enlarged, survive to the 21st century in terms of remaining viable for shipping. In 2012 alone, 17,225 vessels traversed the Suez Canal, and the capacity was expected to double after the August 2015 opening of the new Suez Canal with its widening of the Bala Bypass. Many other canals around the world, as in the case of the Erie Canal, because of the rise of railroads, highways, container ships, and even air cargo transport, have been reduced to small and local traffic and shipping. In many cases, they have been abandoned. The preservation of historical canals beginning in the 1970s reflects the environmental and historical movement, including the rise of urban greenways, and have become an important part of the growing network of urban and rural trails related to that environmental movement and land protection. But the impact of canals, I would argue the largest impact of canals, was what it represented in human thought, that the world could be transformed by human action and progress could occur if physical barriers could be changed through canals, bridges, roadways, and tunnels. This would be a concept studied extensively in geography to the present day beginning with George Perkins' Marsh's studies focused on humans as change agents. Thanks.